Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. I want you to take your Bibles today and turn uh, to the uh, book of Matthew, chapter 19. We're starting uh, or continuing the uh, uh, series, uh, Follow Me. It's the third part of this series. Now, why, why this series? Because Follow Me is a common phrase that Jesus used in different situations. He used follow me multiple times. It's a good kind of study uh, that you can have. So the series, we want to talk, you know, kind of look at what does it mean? What does that, what does that, uh, what, what does that mean, that term mean? So when we say follow me, we're just kind of using this kind of uh uh, a definition this morning. It means to be a follower of Jesus. It's to make a lifelong commitment to learn and live out his teachings. That's kind of the, the working definition that we're using in this series. So a lifelong follower, it means it doesn't matter how long you've served Jesus, there's still a, a hunger and a curiosity and a passion to serve him. It doesn't fade. It doesn't come. It doesn't go. It's not situational. We are lifelong followers of Jesus. It also means who is committed to learning. So it doesn't matter how long you've been in the faith, how much you know. Do you know that it doesn't matter how many times you've read the Bible, there's still something else that God can teach you in areas that you can grow been studying this book, preaching this book a long time, still amazed at the unfolding revelation that God has. So we commit ourselves to learning God's word and to living out his teachings. So it's not just a a, a collection of knowledge that we're trying to attain, but this, uh, there's an application part where it affects our lifestyle. So it's not just, not just classroom knowledge, but it's also, you know, uh, learning to live out his teachings as well. Now, there, as I've mentioned, there's two primary audiences in this particular series. If you are a young adult and if you are new to faith in Jesus, we want you to know Jesus personally and intimately. You may or may not have been raised in church. You don't know a lot about following Jesus, what that means. We want this to kind of be a roadmap to kind of guide you that you can know him in a better way. Also, my other audience, maybe you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, but you feel maybe like you've drifted, your passion for the faith, maybe it's kind of faded, maybe your commitment to following Jesus is kind of, you know, kind of faded over a period of time. Maybe you haven't turned your back on the Lord, but maybe there's just a, you know, a little coldness, a little distance in your relationship with God. Haddon Robinson has a great quote that I love. He He says, I've come closer to being bored out of the Christian faith than being reasoned out of it. We underestimate the deadly gas of spiritual boredom. Now, let me tell you, you can characterize the Christian faith in many ways, but boring is not one of them. Amen? It's not. 
It's nice, but, but when you kind of drift and you're kind of cold, this, this boredom can set in. Your walk with God can become a burden. Your, your relationship with God can become a joyless, a joyless existence if you're, if you're not leaning in to this relationship with God. So it's, it's important. These things are foundational to our, to our lives. All right. So I've got an image that I want to show you and it's the importance of Jesus' teaching. This is a construction foundation. Very important to building any kind of building, any kind of home. A foundation is an underlying support uh, for the for the structure of the building. Something that you know that that the weight of the building lays upon. So the foundation of your faith is very important. You know to to your growth. The things that we're talking about they are foundational to your life. So that that foundation, the weight. You know, uh, the weight of the structure rests upon it. It's also tied and anchored to the ground. Now, here's what happens if you don't anchor to the foundation correctly. Something else can happen to you as well. So here's the 13-story building in Shanghai, China that was not anchored correctly to the foundation, and it fell over. All right, it just, it just fell over. It did not tie itself. It was trying to move on, move up, go on with all of its structure, but it did not tie itself to the foundation. I want you to know this morning when we talk about following Jesus, you know, and he, he gives us the story of the man who, you know, uh, 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 did, did not pay attention to the foundation and the winds and the rains came and, and, and his life was kind of washed out. And so I'm just saying to you this morning that, man, the, the, the foundation of faith, these principles that we're talking about, man, they will guide you and bless you. The rest of your life. So, and, and some of these that are that were talked about in the previous weeks are important. Number one, follow me begins with an initial life-changing encounter with Jesus. That's where it starts. Everybody comes through the door of salvation. We don't just jump in line. We come through the door of grace. The second part of follow me, we talked about it, means following Jesus' example of being baptized in water. We baptized about eight or nine last week. It was, it was awesome, but that's part of following Jesus. The other follow me. We talked about it last week was uh, follow me with regular times of personal worship, scripture reading, and prayer. So there, there's, there's this invitation throughout the week to come and know him, uh, to, to know him in a greater way. So through this series, as I mentioned, we're looking at the term, the times that Jesus used follow me. And it, he just doesn't tell us to follow him, he tells us how we can follow him as well. It gives us, you know, kind of gives us the pathway for us to walk out. So this morning, our follow me principle is going to be follow me by obeying and trusting God's direction and plan for our lives. Follow me by obeying and trusting God's direction and plan for our lives. So Matthew 19, there's a story here that I think uh, fits for this morning. It said, just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. 
And if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he replied, which is a very funny response to me, like, can you narrow that down just a little bit? Can you just give, you know, can you, you know, there's a lot of these. Can you narrow it down? Which ones? Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All of these I have kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. So this young man, you know, kind of chose to play it safe here. He had his life all planned out. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's educationally, financially, he's got his life all planned out. And, uh, you know, just to, you know, so he goes to have this conversation with Jesus. This young man, when he came up with his life plan, came up with a plan of predictability, stability, security that his, his financial means had, you know, had provided for him. And Jesus said, leave all of that behind and come and follow me. Well, his life plan did not include an unpaid internship, okay? It just didn't, it just didn't uh, you know, just wasn't in his life plan. But his inability to follow Jesus in this moment kept him from the greatest adventure of his life. He chose to stick to something that he had created, he had come up with, but the Lord said, I've got another plan for you, but you, you, you need to toss off your other plan, and it kept him from the greatest adventure of his life. We never know his name, and we never know what happened to him. He's never mentioned in the scripture ever again, and he missed an invitation to be one of the disciples. He missed a moment because he failed to yield and kind of walk in faith. He failed to yield, you know, his plan to God's plan. So follow me by obeying and trusting God's direction uh, and plan for our lives. So that's, that's, part of, that's part of serving the Lord and, and trusting him with your life and your life plan. Now listen to me. Some of you think, you know, and there's a concept out there that only thinks that God is a God of salvation and forgiveness. That's all that he does. He saves, he forgives, he restores. And part of that is correct, but that would be incomplete as you think about how God and what God wants to do in your life. Listen to me. He is the God that formed you. He is the God that created you. And he has a plan for your life. He has planned something in intricate detail for you. But all he says to you is, follow me and trust me. Follow me and trust me. He said that to Abraham in Genesis. Abraham, leave where you're living. Leave the land of the Chaldees. Where am I going? Don't worry about that. Just start walking. Just start doing. Just do what I tell you to do 
The other things will happen later. So Abraham left what he knew, gathered everything up, and just in faith started walking and trusting God. He said almost the same thing to Moses. Moses, leave Egypt. I want you to go to a land that flows with milk and honey. Where is that at? Don't worry about it. Just leave and just start walking. I'll provide the details a little bit later. I love last week, our our passage last week, Jesus said to Peter and James and John, follow me. And I love the passage. It says immediately they left their boats and their nets. They just dropped what they were doing and they started following Jesus. But there was no further information that Jesus provided. They did not know where they were going to stay. They didn't know where their next meal was coming from. They had no idea what they were going to be doing. They just started walking. When he says, follow me, he's not going to answer all the details at that moment, but trust him with your life and just start following him. Just start walking. All the people that I mentioned, you know, they didn't understand where they were going or what they were doing, but they just started following because following Jesus is about a life of trust. It's about going, okay, here's my plan, but Lord, if you've got something better or different, that's okay with me. You see, uh, we, we have other thoughts about our life and our life plan. Here's our compromise with the Lord. Hey, Lord, here's my plan. I'm going to ask you to bless it. Why don't you bless my plan? Because it's a pretty good plan. We always have a a compromise back to the Lord. Hey, here's my plan, Lord. So I'm, I'm asking you to bless my plan. But I want you to know, as much as he appreciates your planning, okay, before you breathe your first breath, he already had a plan and, and, a, and a vocation and, a, and, a, and a, a, a life plan for you that he says, hey, I've got this. Trust me, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate the help. But just follow my plan. And there are people that don't follow God's plan because they are hesitant to trust God. Proverbs says don't lean into your own understanding. And there are people out there that are wrestling with their plan versus God's plan because they are hesitant to trust and obey God. Follow Jesus. The life of faith and trust doesn't always make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. When I was in Kentucky, I had a student who was about to graduate with engineering degree. And he said, hey, I feel like God's calling me to the ministry. And I was wondering when I tell my parents, if you could sit in on that conversation with me. I said, oh no. No, that's up to you. Okay? That, that's that's, that's your conversation. So I'm just, I'm just saying there are times that there are course corrections. The life of faith doesn't always make sense. But when we get in this thing and we start following Jesus, part of that is I'm going to just trust him with my life and the twists and turns of our lives. Our gifts and passions and our desires sometimes point us in a certain direction. And God may have a different plan plan 
for your life, you know, that is not kind of in your skill set. And, and most of the time it is. But there are some times that God says, no, I'm calling you to do something with your life that is the opposite of your plan. So the rich young ruler that we just talked about, he came to Jesus. He had his plan. It was somewhat successful. And he came to Jesus and he kind of had this compromise. Hey, here's my life. Can you tweak this just a little bit for me? Can I remind you that this morning that he is not the God of the tweak? He is the God of change. He's the God that has a plan and a purpose for your life. And when you follow that, it will bring you in greater joy and fulfillment than you can ever imagine in your life. So as we follow Jesus, we submit to his plan. It's part of being a follower of Jesus. Allow God to guide you in all your important decisions. Allow God to direct and guide you in all your important decisions. Some of you are planners. Some of you have your five-year plan, and you're so proud of it. You've got your life coach, and man, all your life is good. But I want to say, you know, sometimes that may not work out because God may have something different, something uh, in, uh, in a different way in store for you. Allow God to direct and guide you in all your important decisions. Our, the direction of our life is made up of smaller but still important decisions that kind of direct the, the course of our life. And we want to start going, Lord, here's my life. Direct it. The longer you wait to obey God, the less sure that you are that you've heard God's voice. You know, like hey, I'm going to take a year or two and pray about this, okay? I'm going to think over it. I need to talk to the multitude of counselors, and that's going to take a long time. I just want to remind you, when you intentionally delay, the longer you wait to obey God, the less sure you are that you've heard God's voice, okay? The softer God's voice gets as you you get further away from the experience of God's direction. Also, the harder obedience gets, all right? So when you, when, when the Lord gives direction and you intentionally delay kind of, kind of finding obedience and walking that path becomes, you know, becomes more difficult. When you make decisions apart from God's will for your life, you put into motion a set of unintended consequences. When God's kind of revealed, hey, this is the direction. Here's what I want you to do. There'll be other things that will begin to emerge that are not supposed to be in your life because you're not kind of walking down the, the plan and path that God has for you. Because God's plan for your life is individual and unique. Okay? And don't compare it with others. All right? We're always looking, man, look at their life, look at, look, look at my life, and we're always comparing God's will based on somebody else's life. And I'm just saying don't do that. Don't do that. What, what is happening in somebody else's life, that's between them and the Lord, whether it's blessing or hardship. It's between them and the Lord. You just, you just trust that God's got a plan for your life. And listen to me. When you walk into God's plan for your life, it is going to be so much more incredible, so much more fulfilling than any kind of you know, life plan that you may have in your life, or what, you've, what, what you have envisioned. 
I want to talk to young people for a moment. Uh, high school students, college age students, young adults. I think it's really important at this time in your life that you open yourself up to whatever God may call you to do. Now, I'm not saying necessarily the ministry could be, but you just never know the different focus that God may have in your life. So I want to say to high school students, middle school, college age, young adults, here is the moment where you need to be asking God, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. But Lord, at a very young age, here is my life. You can have it. That's a great prayer. It's a great prayer to have. When I was a junior in high school, I told you I, I, God, God called me to preach. Now, let me, let me just say, before that, <clears throat> I was raised in church, Sunday school, Sunday night, Wednesday night. My mother was on the worship team, revivals every time. The ministry was not even on my radar. Could I could not imagine picking a job where I was at church any more than I already was. You know, and then God called me. God called me to preach. And I, was, I knew, I was a junior in high school, I knew this was God's plan for my life. It hadn't really, you know, I didn't really have another plan, but I surely didn't uh, envision pastoring. Who, who does? And, and after I accepted that call and that direction on my life, absolutely nothing happened. Nothing happened for months. I'm telling everybody, I'm going to be in the ministry. Nothing happened, okay? But listen to me, because when you follow the Lord, there's a time that you just walk. You just start walking. You just do what God told you to do, and he will take care of all the other doors, all those things. I'm like, Lord, okay, what does this mean? Where, what am I doing? And a guy came up to me after church one morning, and he said, your name's Brian? Yes. He said, I run a nursing home ministry. Would you like to come and preach one Sunday for me? Yes, I would love to do that. I would love to do that. I don't know that I had ever been really necessarily in a nursing home. I don't know if I ever had been, but I want you to know on that Sunday, my guns were loaded. Those blasphemers, those adulterers, man, I let them have it, okay? <clears throat> and then after that, nothing happened for months. Listen to me, listen to me. <laughs> and there may be a reason for that. <laughs> now listen to me. Because when you follow Jesus, there are seasons of trust. There are seasons you've got to know, I'm doing what God's called me to do. And you don't always have a door every week. There's a season where you just start walking. You just start following. Listen to me. Because part of following Jesus is just trusting him. It's just trust. And some people can't do that. Some people can't, you know, some people can't do that. They, they, they will not, they will not let go. But listen to me. Some of you keep trying to force something and make something happen. 
with your life. But I'm just saying to you, take your hand off and let God's plan for your life unfold in his time and in his will. Take your hands off. He will do a work in your heart and in your life that is greater than what you are trying to control and force in your life. Take your hand off. Take your hand off. All right? I got to make this happen. Some of you can't do that. Some of you can't do that. I got to have my hand on it. I got to be in God's business all the time. And let me tell you, you're going to mess up what God has for you. Let it go. Let it go. Lord, you got my life. And I'm just going to be patient. And if doors open, that's fine. If they don't for a while, that's fine. Because I'm, I'm trusting you. Some of you are walking in seasons that you don't understand. You follow Jesus and you're walking in seasons and you don't understand. You're thinking, Lord, what's going on? What's going on? I'm following you. Where are my cues? Where are the doors? I need to know. I need to know what is happening. Lord, where are you? Why do I have this chaos in my life when I'm serving you and I'm following you? Lord, have you forgotten me? Lord, have you forgotten me? I'm, I'm walking this plan. I, I, need to, I need to feel your power, your presence, your affirmation. I want to say this to you. I want to say this to you. If you trusted him with your soul, then trust him with your life. If you trusted him to save you and forgive you and and, and, and do a work in your heart, if you trusted him with that, which is the most important thing, then trust him with your life as well. If you're walking through a season, you know, that, and you're not sure, but you know that you're following him, listen to me, then just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just keep worshiping. Just keep praying. Just I promise you, he's not launching you in a course and you are not forgotten in this moment. Just trust him. Just trust him. So follow me means they obeyed and they trusted God's direction and plan for their life. Follow me, another part, is acknowledging and overcoming evil behavior and striving for actions and attitudes that would be like Christ, okay? Jesus identifies some of these in Matthew 15. For out of the heart, he says, come evil thoughts. And he identifies it. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. All right, so he starts identifying some of these evil things that are in people's hearts. But I want to remind you too that his promise is this in Matthew 5. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they'll be filled. He said if, if there's a desire in your heart to be clean and pure and to offset some of this evil in your heart, he said I'm promising you, you know, that you'll, you'll be filled. Righteousness and godliness can happen in your life. I love this quote, A.W. Tozier says, how can we live our life with salvation without being jarred to righteous living? Some people like to, you know, separate the two. Salvation and righteous living are two different things. But he's saying, when you become aware of sin 
and salvation, and that happens, then how can that not awaken you even more to, to having ungodliness in your life? You find yourself sometimes after salvation in your walk with God, there's this uneasiness and this, this uncomfortable moment when, you, when we, when we uh, have and shepherd iniquity in our heart. So listen to me. After coming to Christ and God does his great transformation work, all right, there are still things in our lives that we've got to cut loose, let go, let God forgive and overcome in our lives. So listen to me. Salvation, when we are saved, there's a work that God does and he forgives our sins, but we are not walking in godly uh, godliness at that moment. There is stuff after that that the Lord wants to work out overcome help us to uh, you know to to be stronger in those particular areas there's still some junk in our life that we have to get out first Timothy says but you man of God flee from this pursue righteousness godliness Faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. First Peter, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage against your soul. So he wants us to, to be like Christ. He wants us to get rid of this stuff and this evil in our life. But, but we have a different different thinking on that. Sometimes our spiritual goals, sometimes our spiritual goals is to become a little less evil. Okay? We just, that's our goal. It's not Christ-likeness. We define our spiritual life by what we don't do. All right? Which is what the rich young ruler said. What are the commandments? Jesus laid out the big ones and the rich young ruler said, I don't do those. I don't do those. Not murdering, not killing, not stealing. I'm not lying. So there he goes. He, he has defined his life. His spiritual goal is to be a little less evil. And that's what we do sometimes. If I'm not committing the big sins, then everything must be okay in our life. And becoming like Christ is not a goal. It's just being a little, a little less evil. We often measure godliness in our life by the lives of other people, okay? We're looking at other people in our life and we go, I'm as good as them. Is that the goal? Is that the goal? Everybody live like Bo Walker. Is that the goal? Is that the goal? Megan says, no, that is not the goal. <laughs> it's like... Uh, you know, because we compare ourselves with others, and it's a false comparison. I always, you know, tell people, if you're going to cut your grass, do it the day after your neighbor cuts his, all right? Then regardless of how big it gets, doesn't matter, because his is always worse, right? Always worse, because we have this, we, we compare these things in our life, but I want to tell you something, you know, how what God wants to do is your life is not relative to how somebody else is living their life, okay? God, God wants to deliver and set free and do a great work of sanctification in your life. So sometimes the pursuit of godliness and Christ-likeness is not an important goal in our life. Just what, here, here's kind of how we frame it, okay? You wouldn't admit this, all right? What can we get by with and still get to heaven, 
Oh, I'm preaching good this morning. What can I get by with and still get to heaven? What's the minimal requirement of godliness that I can get by with and still be right with God? It's just minimal. What's the minimal that I can do? When I was old enough, finally, my mother said, you can bathe yourself. Thank God. Thank God. So I start the whole production, and after two or three weeks, I noticed one common thing. When I was a kid, when I got out of the tub, my mother smelled behind my ear and behind my neck. Okay? For the next four years, the only place on my body that saw soap was behind my ear and behind my neck. Because I knew what the standard was, okay? I caught up later. Let me just say that. It's not my, it's not my habit now. <laughs> but that's what people want to do. What's, what's minimally required? What can I get away with and still be good? All right? But that's not the goal. It's to be like Christ. To see things in our hearts, you know, that, that he wants to deal with and cleanse and that we move on, that we're, we're becoming like Christ, not just you know, my, my self-perception, my self-identity is what I, what, not what I don't do, but am I, am I like Christ? Instead of overcoming evil in our lives, it becomes a part, part of our spiritual identity and we learn to accept it and live with it. It's just what I am. It's what I was born with. It's my, my family. It's just how I, was, how I was raised. So we just... You know, we pop off, we have anger issues, pop off at the mouth, hurt people. That's just the way I am. What I'm saying, it just becomes part of our identity. All right, we don't, we don't try to purge it, cleanse it, overcome it anymore. We just accept that impure thoughts, greed, addictions, just part of who I am. It's my family. My family's always been alcoholic, so that's just going to be... You know, that's just going to be the way that I am. It becomes part of our spiritual identity, family issues, all these family chaos. Just the way I was born, it's just, our, just our, our DNA. I want you to know, man, it is the goal of the Lord to change some things in your heart, and he will do that. He does not sentence you the rest of your life to just tolerating things that were in your life in your life. He can set you free and change your heart and do a sanctifying work in your heart and cleanse you as well. He can do that. If I'm in this situation, can I really experience freedom? To some people, change and being free of chains that you've borne after salvation is just, just a fantasy. Some of you really don't think, you know, that, the, that whatever's going on in your life spiritually can actually work out to where God cleanses and God frees. If I'm in this situation, can I really experience freedom? 
And I say you are not sentenced to a life of spiritual bondage and destructive strongholds. You are not sentenced. He said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And one of the first things Jesus said about himself is, I have come to bring deliverance to the captives. There is freedom through the power of the Holy Spirit. So listen to me. He just doesn't come to point out evil. He's not just there to go, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. He sends us the Holy Spirit who can do a sanctifying and cleansing work in our heart and the sin and the strongholds that have, that have had their place in our life can be set free through the power of God. They can. So yes, there is help and freedom in your life. The Holy Spirit, worship team, you guys can come. The Holy Spirit is here to work in your life. Listen to me. It's not just to point out evil behavior. What good is that? What good is that? Try, trying to become Christ-like is not just about human will and effort. I'm just going to give it my best shot. Some of you have tried everything that you can. You, you've tried every effort, every self-help. You've gone to counselors. You've got all kinds of things working for you. But I want you to know that there is a power that comes from God to cleanse you and set you free. He's not coming just to point out what is wrong. But with his power, he's going to sanctify us and help us to walk in Christ-likeness. Christ-likeness cannot be attained with just human will and effort. Can't do it. Can't do it. There's a work that the Holy Spirit does as well. Listen to me. The same power that forgives your sins can sanctify your life as well. The same power. The same power of salvation when you walk and you felt the transformation of the heart. That's just one thing that God does, all right? That same power. He can clean you up as well. He can give you strength to live out and walk free. He can do that. He can do that. Psalms 119 says, I'll walk in freedom for I've sought out your precepts. Some of you, the concept of freedom has long passed you. You, in your mind, you're always going to be a prisoner to certain things in your heart, in your life. I'm going to love the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. But walking free is a concept that you have, that you have, that you just adapted. I'm always going to have this issue. You're my hiding place. You'll protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them and he delivers them. From all of their troubles, you have been chosen by the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ. There's a sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. He can do something in your heart that no one else can do. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? The weapons of this world 
are not, the, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So I want to say to you this morning, part of following Jesus, that there's a point where he wants to cleanse us after salvation. He wants us to be like Christ. And he's going to deal with evil that's in our hearts. So sometimes when you commit acts, thoughts, you do certain things, and you feel this uneasiness and this heaviness in your life, you know what? That's the Holy Spirit going, hey, no, 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 no. Don't go that way. Don't do that. But I'm telling you, when there is conviction of the Holy Spirit... There is also the power as well to help free you from that moment and free you in that area. Okay? I believe, as much as I believe in the transforming power of salvation, I believe in the power of sanctification as well. I believe in the power of sanctification. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Thank you, Lord. God, I pray. As we're trying to follow you, trying to be like you as a congregation. Lord, just come and be closer to you this, through this series and this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll speak to people. I pray their heart and their life, God, would be open to you. And Lord, I believe, Lord, in this moment, God, you're going to do something powerful in our, in our, in our church. I pray the Spirit of the Lord is already, already speaking. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. In just a moment, the worship team is going to sing. I'm going to open the altar for prayer this morning. So if you have some decisions to make about your life and direction for your life, you're just not sure what to do, we're going to pray that God's going to give direction when you, when you bring that before the Lord. Maybe you're a teenager, you're a college student, young adult student, and you just want to go, Lord, here's my life. Here's my life, God, whatever you, whatever you want to do, Lord. Or maybe there's those of you that you're unsure about God's direction. Lord, there's a, multiple doors on the horizon. I'm just not sure. Or maybe you're walking through a season and you need just some prayer and encouragement. Lord, I'm following. I'm just not sure what, what's going on. Also, when we, when we pray, if there's some things in your life that you need to give over with the Lord. Maybe some besetting things that you constantly kind of struggle with. I mean, we're going to pray for that sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've got some struggles and you need some help. You need God's help in certain areas of your life. We're going to pray over you this morning. He doesn't come just to point out things, but he comes to help and cleanse as well. So would you stand with us this morning? Just stand with us this morning. Worship team's going to, going to sing. Man, if God's touched your heart, if you want prayer in any of those areas or others, I want you to come this morning. Someone will come and pray with you today. I'm going to believe God's going to do something powerful in your life this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray. So, Lord, we pray over those that are following you. Lord, they have decisions about their life, their direction over their life. God, I pray that you'll guide them in every way. Lord, some are unsure about left or right. What door? I pray, Lord, as we're following you, this is going to be a life of trust. God, those that need to take their hands off, and Lord, they just need you to direct. I pray in that moment they'll do that. God, I pray they'll just take their hands off and they'll trust. This is a life of trust and following you. And Lord, we do that this moment. Lord, I pray for every teenager and college student and young adult, Lord, 
that you're hearing their prayer. They're just going, Lord, whatever, whatever you want in my life, I pray over them today. Every middle school, high school, college age student, Lord, I pray for the direction of the Lord, the guidance of the Lord. I pray, God, that they'll know, they'll know, and they'll, they'll submit to your plans first, whatever that may be. Lord, I pray over those in this building this morning. Lord, there's some areas of their life they need help. They've got struggles. And Lord, this morning, they need the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, you don't just come to point out evil you come to cleanse us and Lord I pray this morning the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit would deliver and set free and strengthen this morning is that you is that you would you just receive that this morning say Lord do that work in my heart Lord, do that work in my heart. Lord, those that have been carrying chains and bondage and in their life, they never envision true spiritual freedom. They just think this is going to be part of my life forever. I pray today. I pray today. God, I pray that your spirit, Lord, would touch and strengthen and set free and deliver this morning, Lord. I pray. I pray. Some of you, that's you. Say, Lord, do that work in my heart. Do that work in my heart, Lord. I want to be free. I don't want to walk around with these chains anymore. Shackles and bondage, Lord. I feel bad. I can't worship when I come to church. God, I pray for freedom this morning. I pray for freedom this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.